This is Ham College, Episode 67, for July 31st, 2020. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM and the new revolutionary IC705 with optional multifunction backpack. And by hamstudy.org, a great way to study for your next amateur license exam. Good evening. Welcome to another exciting episode of Ham College. I'm Professor Thomas. And I'm Dean Martin. And we had uh, some problems with the boat engine a little bit earlier on the live stream there, but we've got that going now. And, but I did notice the, there was um, some concern in there that maybe the issue was uh, all the stuff missing over there on that side of the table. So... I'm going to help you out a little yeah. bit with that. All right. Can you see that? Oh, good. I can keep up with the chat room like that. There you go. Perfect. So. <laughs> that actually almost looks like I'm there. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> okay. Well, we've got a fun show lined up tonight. Oh, uh, I say fun. Yeah, it's probably fun. It's going to... T- give you something that you guys who've already got your extra, something you can do. Uh, to It's the next thing. It's the next thing to do after you've upgraded to extra. Next big thing. Yep. At least that's what, the way we looked at it. But I think it's a worthy it's a worthy thing to do too, in my opinion. So oh, yeah. I'm kinda excited about this this topic. What did we talk about last time? You know it's funny that you asked. Best to my best of my recollection, it was section E1D, and I think that had to do with amateur space and earth stations, telemetry and telecommand rules, uh, balloon identifications, and I think there might have been some one-way communications thrown in there for good measure as well. Oh, your your memory has improved tremendously. It, I got a good night's sleep last night. I was going to say I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express, but that that didn't happen. No, no. So what are we going to talk about this time? Well, we're going to talk about uh, uh, becoming a VE, th- uh, things that are uh, involved with the VE testing. Yep. And that would be section... Echo 1 Echo. Okay. Got some splaining to do. Some splaining to just, do. Just a, little, just a little bit, a few little pointers and stuff. Yep. Some some things that you otherwise wouldn't have gotten just by looking at the questions here. And, you know, uh, that's good. I'm glad you pulled that together. Well, what do you say we get on into it? All right, um, let's do it. And there's the corn toss. Who won? Um, I'll ask the first question. Okay. You re- you receive. I'll, I'll kick the ball. I'm kind of scared to put it up there now. Speaking of speaking of which, we got the school colors on tonight. Uh, 
you got your Go Engineering, and I got the Hawkins Middle School, and I can't wait till the football rivalry this year and see how that comes out. Okay, for which type of out-of-pocket expenses do the Part 97 rules state that VEs and VECs may be reimbursed? A, preparing, processing, administering, and coordinating the examination for an amateur radio operator license. B, teaching an amateur operator license examination preparation course. C, no expenses are authorized for reimbursement. Or D, providing amateur operator license examination preparation training material. For which type of -of out-of-pocket expenses do the Part 97 rules state that VEs and VECs may be reimbursed? Well, let's start at the bottom there. Providing amateur operator license examination preparation training materials. Mm, No, you know, when you are seeing a VE uh, who are members of a VEC, you know, you've already done your license preparations. You're there to take a test. So that's... That's what I'm thinking on that. It's not D. C, no expenses are authorized for reimbursement. You might think that's it. Let's see. B, teaching an amateur operator license examination preparation course. Of course not. You know, VE or the VECs can't be reimbursed for doing course preparation. Um, so no, that's that's not it. A, preparing, processing, administering, and coordinating an examination for an amateur radio operator license. And I'm going to say that's it. Um, you can be reimbursed out-of-pocket expenses. You might have to buy some pens. You might have to, I don't know, you might have to lease the building that you're Doing the exams in, I I don't know, but um, yeah, that would be part of administering it, I guess. Uh, processing, you you're gonna have to mail something, so I think it's a. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree, and I think most everybody in the chat room picked A as well. Oh, they did, and I wasn't even paying attention. Well, okay, I'm in good company. Uh, let's see. Which way am I going with that? <laughs> There's a big time delay on yeah. here, so having a oh, hard time with okay. that. Who does Part 97 task with maintaining the pool of questions for all U.S. amateur license examinations? A, the VEs. B, the FCC. C, the VECs. Or D, the ARRL. Okay. Um, who does Part 97 task with maintaining the pools of questions? I know it's not the VEs. That's that's us, uh, the volunteer examiners. The FCC, I don't think, doesn't do it because they, they just don't have the manpower. Most all the amateur stuff, for the most part, is handed over to the amateur community. The VECs, that's a volunteer examiner coordinator. And that's, 
It's not going to be the ARRL either. That's that is a VEC, a single VEC, where there where there are multiple of them. So the group of VECs, I think, will be the one to to do that. So I'm going to go with C, and that's my final answer. Okay, C. I'm inclined to agree. Most of the people in the chat room agree with you. Not everyone, but most people do. Let's see. Okay, you're batting 100 there. All right. Here, uh, I'll, I'll just... I'll just... That's <laughs> 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 uh, kind of difficult to do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I've got really long delay tonight for some reason. Yeah. It's usually not that long. And we're kind of stretching the time-space continuum there. So. Yeah, these DX shoots are kind of tough. What is a volunteer examiner coordinator? A, a person who volunteered to administer amateur operator license examinations. B, a person who has volunteered to prepare amateur operator license examinations. C, an organization that entered into an agreement with the FCC to coordinate, prepare, and administer amateur operator license examinations. Or D, the person who has entered into an agreement with the FCC to be the VE session manager. What is a volunteer examiner coordinator? You know, that's one of those things, if if you weren't a VE, you may not really be paying that much attention to. You hear the term VE or VECs and... Um, it's two different things. A VE mm-hmm. is a volunteer examiner. That's like uh, you and I are volunteer examiners. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a volunteer exam coordinator, I'm going to say that is C, an organization that has entered into an agreement with the FCC to coordinate, prepare, and administer amateur operator license examinations. All the other answers there say a person or the person but it's not a single person it is actually a group or an organization so uh c i'm pretty sure and i I concur most are saying c in the chat room there let's let's see and it is okay good job which of the following okay. best describes the volunteer examiner accreditation process? A, each general advanced or amateur extra class operator is automatically accredited as a VE when the license is granted. B, the amateur operator applying must pass a VE examination administered by the FCC Enforcement Bureau. C, the prospective VE obtains accreditation from the FCC. Or D, the procedure by which a VEC confirms that the VE applicant meets the FCC requirements to serve as an examiner. Okay. Which of the following best describes volunteer examiner accreditation process? Okay. A, each advanced... Amateur is automatically accredited. That's not true. I know for sure because I'm a VE. 
The amateur operator applying must pass a VE examination administered by the FCC, and that's not true either. Although, although it's sort of close, but not really true in some cases. The prospective VE obtains accreditation from the FCC? No. It's going to leave us with D, Delta. The procedure by which a VEC confirms that the VE applicant meets the FCC requirements to serve as an examiner. Well, I'd like to not got that out, did I? It, it was kind of, kind of hard. I saw you gr- gritting there a little bit. but uh, Yeah, I had to spit it right on out of there. <laughs> uh, I'm going to agree with you. I think it's D as well. Everybody in the chat room seems to think that. Just might have known the difference between a VE and a VEC. And the FCC, now, you know, they, they hand all this over to the VECs to handle. Yeah, it's all, almost all of it's done by the amateur community in some form or another. Yep. Which the VECs are hams, too. Yep. Yep. The okay. VEs. Uh, Dennis wants to know, did George explain the T-shirt he's wearing? Trying to figure out G-E-A-D-X engineering. No, no. It's not a D. It's a U. It's Go Engineering, spelled the way that email would spell it. South Louisiana style. Yeah. What is the minimum passing score on all amateur operator license examinations? Is it A, minimum passing score of 70%? B, a minimum passing score of 74%. C, a minimum passing score of 80%. Or D, a minimum passing score of 77%. Okay, and there's no way to reason this one out. I do know the answer to this one. At least I think I do. I'm pretty sure it's B, 74%. Or B, minimum passing score of 74%, to be precise. Um, 70 is a fail, and 80 is good, but uh, anything below 74 is uh, a fail on the test. Yeah, I'll agree, and everybody in the chat room saying that, too. 74%, not just a 70 Who's responsible for the proper conduct and necessary supervision during an amateur operator license examination session? A, the VEC coordinating the session. B, the FCC. C, each administering VE. Or D, the (laughs) VE session manager. Let's see, the VEC coordinating the session. No, the VEC is the organization the head organization, like um, like the ARRL is a VEC, um, W5YI is a VEC. That doesn't mean that one of those groups is going to come here to your town and be responsible for proper conduct during your sessions. Uh, you know, uh, that's going to be with the local guys. It's not the FCC. They're not going to be in the room. Uh D, the VE session manager. Um, yeah, it'd be tough for one guy to 
to be totally responsible for all the supervision. It's each administering VEC. Yeah, a little help from everybody. That's what most everybody's saying over in the chat room there. So let's see. And it is. All right, way to go. You nailed it. Okay. Get out and be active with ICOM's new IC705 and its optional multifunction backpack. The IC705 is your perfect QRP companion as you have base station features and functionality at the tips of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at 1 kilo or just over 2 pounds. With RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. 5 watt battery operation with BP272 or 10 watts with a 13.8 volt DC supply. Modes include single sideband, CW, AM, FM, as well as full D-Star functions. A large 4.3 inch color touchscreen and live band scope with waterfall. Integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger, micro SD card for data storage, it comes standard with the HM243 speaker microphone, and it supports QRP and QRPP operations. The perfect accessory for the IC705 is the LC192 optional backpack with a special compartment for your IC705 and room for accessories for soda activations or just a day in the park. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information about this and all the great ICOM radios. The video that we did with Ray on the 705 at the park locally here a couple weeks after field day uh, got posted to the ICOM America YouTube channel today. So if you want to see that, go check it out. I found these little things that I have laying around here that I thought we might give away. We've got an ICOM ball cap here. And I've got this nice ICOM ham crew t-shirt. Wow. You look look as good coming to the ham fest as you do when you're leaving, that's what we usually say. Yeah. Um, so why don't we give some of these away? Well, you want to set away. If you'd like to win it, well, what you need to do is send an email to hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv and just give us uh, your name, and you can put a message in there if you want. Um, you can say hello. Or you can just not say anything, but uh, usually people say a little bit of something in there. You don't have to have That's a call sign. That's not required. No. No, it's not, and neither is a call sign. Uh, just an email address and a name. That's all you really need. Now, if you would like to retrieve your winning prize, you will need an address at some point, but not right now. And you need to do this after each episode of Ham College because we throw away all the entries after each episode. We don't harvest any of this. Uh, you know, it's just a strictly a drawing, and one person wins uh, randomly, and they get the stash. And this yep. time around, our lucky winner is Jack Lawrence, KG4ILV, in Nashville. And he oh, said, Congratulations, Jack. Yeah. Enjoy the show. Learning a lot. 
See? Sent from my iPhone. Jack, Jack actually, well, he didn't, I don't think he typed that last one. But Jack had a nice little message for us there. And we've got a, a nice little T-shirt and hat and whatever else Jesse stuffs in the box. Yeah, usually some other goodies in there. There is. There usually is. And I just got one of those boxes here the past week. I think email got one, too. And there was more in there besides just the T-shirt and the hat. So you never know what Jesse might stick in there. Well, cool. Well, let's get back on into the questions. Because we got some more learning to do here tonight. I don't even remember who asked the last one. I think um, I think I asked it to you. All right. Then I will ask this one to you. Let me see what the question is, and no. then I, I may have to straighten out my faulty memory. It don't work like that. What should a VE do if a candidate fails to comply with the examiner's instructions during an amateur operator license examination? A. Warn the candidate that continued failure to comply will result in termination of the examination. B. Immediately terminate the candidate's examination. C. Allow the candidate to complete the examination but invalidate the results. D. Immediately terminate everyone's examination and close the session. That's, that would that would be a pretty drastic thing to do right there. Be so some, I'm going to go ahead and scratch that one off the list right now. <laughs> yeah, there'd be some mad folks in there if you did that. Yeah, you're not kidding. So I'm going to say it's not D. Uh, a is warn the candidate. Here, I'll, I'll just work from the bottom since that was at the bottom. Uh, it's not D. C is allow the candidate to complete the examination but invalidate the results. Uh, I don't think that's right either. B is immediately terminate the candidate's examination. I think that's going to be the answer, but let's read a double check for that one. Warn the candidate that continued failure to comply will result in the termination of the examination. Now, I think I think it's B. Immediately terminate the candidate's examination. So you got one chance, and that's it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the right answer. This one I'm a little bit iffy. I'm pretty sure it's that that's right, though. Yeah, that's what everybody's saying over in the chat room. I'll agree with you. You know, if, uh, if somebody doesn't comply with the examiner's instructions, they're going to be terminated. Right then. Terminated. Terminated. That sounds pretty uh, drastic, too. Yeah. Yeah, it does, but... Oh, not exterminated, just terminated. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To which of the following examinees may VE not administer an examination? A, employee of the VE. B, friends of the VE. C, relatives of the VE, as listed in the FCC rules. Or D, all of these choices are correct. Which of the following examinees may a VE not administer an examination? 
A, employees of the VE. Hmm. I don't think so. B, friends of the VE. You know, that might be kind of tough in some areas, particularly where you don't have a lot of hams. You mm-hmm. you may not have a lot of VEs, so if somebody's your friend, they're just out of luck, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's, if that's that were the answer. Right. So I know it can't be D. All of these choices are correct. Uh, I believe it's the relatives of the VE as listed in the FCC rules. So you're saying your family's the only ones that are out of luck. Right. Can't test your relatives. Yeah. But just because somebody... Well, sometimes they test yeah. you. <laughs> well, that's, that's true. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just because someone's your friend, eh, that doesn't mean you, you can't administer an examination. Yeah. It can that be would done. be pretty limiting in some areas, like you said. Well, it would be. Yep. And that's what everybody said in the chat room. They said, see. What may be the penalty for a VE who fraudulently administers or certifies an examination. A, revocation of the VE's amateur station license grant and the suspension of the VE's amateur operator license grant. B, a fine of up to $1,000 per occurrence. C, a sentence of up to one year in prison. That's that's pretty steep, too. (laughs) Uh, D, all these choices are correct. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and do the same tactic I did on the last one and say it's not all these choices are not correct. It's not D. C, sentence of up to one year in prison. That's pretty extreme for a ham radio license. I don't think that's going to be it either. People don't get that for causing malicious mischief on the air. Um, And a fine of up to $1,000 per occurrence. And they bear, no, that's not going to be it either. Uh, A, revocation of the VE's amateur station license grant and the suspension of the VE's amateur operator license grant. That's going to be the ticket right there, or the loss of the ticket. Uh, A is the answer. That's what everyone's saying in the chat room. I'm going to agree with you, too. And it is A. And, you know, that's, that's pretty significant there. You're going to lose your license. Uh-huh. If you're doing fraudulent examinations, uh, some folks may rather pay that $1,000 and keep uh-huh. their license. I don't know that anybody would want to spend a year in jail so they could be a ham. But uh, No. You know? Uh, I don't think anybody even gets jail time for, for, for things that they do on the air. At least I don't know of it. I know they get some steep fines. Yep. So pretty uh, pretty easy to kind of figure that one out right there. Yeah. Appreciate you slipping me that easy one here on the, on well, the stack. You're welcome, but, I mean, that is pretty strict, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, don't go messing around with the exams, you know. Do them right. Well, hopefully everybody does it straight up anyway. It's, uh, oh, yeah. I think generally, so. hands are bunch of people try to follow most of the rules, I think, generally. So, 
Okay, here you go. Here's a long one. It's quite wordy. What must the administering VEs do after the administration of a successful examination for an amateur operator license? A, they must collect and send the documents to the NCVEC for grading. B, they must collect and submit the documents to the coordinating VEC for grading. C, they must submit the application document to the coordinating VEC according to the coordinating VEC instructions. That's a lot of coordination going on there. Uh, or D, they I'm must, not that coordinated. They must collect and send the documents to the FCC according to the instructions. I need to read over this one again. What must the administering VEs do after the administration of a successful examination for an amateur operator license? They must collect and send the documents to the NCVEC for grading. No, that's not right. The grading is done right there at the examination site. Uh, B, they must collect and submit the documents to the coordinating VEC for grading. No. Uh, there again, the, you know, the VEC, that's that's an organization that's, um, that's one of the, the head organizations. That's not your local group of volunteer examiners. And we're going to grade these on site. C, they must be sub. They must submit the application document to the coordinating VEC according to the coordinating VEC instructions. You know, I'm not even sure I can understand what they're trying to say there. <laughs> uh, but let's see. And then D, they must collect and send the documents to the FCC according to instructions. Well... We don't send anything to the FCC. Um, you know, what our local VEs are going to do is is um, we're going to uh, submit the application document to the coordinating VEC according to the coordinating VEC instructions. In other words, it might be ARRL wants, uh, you know, to, to do it one way, uh, W5YI might have something slightly different, like perhaps addresses. In any case, the grading is going to be done locally. I'm yeah. going to say it. Some uh, of them send it by mail. Some of them send it electronically. Yep. Some VEs. Yep. C. And looks like that's what everyone's saying over there in the chat room. Okay. What must the VE team do if an examinee scores a passing grade on all examination elements needed for an upgrade or new license? A. Photocopy all examination documents and forward them to the FCC for processing. B. Three VEs must certify that the examinee is qualified for the license grant and that they have complied with the administering VE requirements. C. Issue the examinee the new or upgraded license. Or D. All of these choices are correct. 
Now, I think you know the answer to this one. I do know the answer to this one. All those choices are not correct. D, so it's not D. Issue the examinee the new license. No, the VEs do not exist, issue the new license or upgrades. And they'd also, it's not A, they don't forward to the FCC for processing. They send them to the VECs. Three VEs must certify that the examinee is qualified for the license grant and that they have complied with administering VE requirements. So after the test, you have three people that check, you know, three people check that uh, all of those are, are passed and the, they're graded correctly to kind of check behind one another. So the answer is going to be B. And I'll agree with you that it's B, and uh, so does everyone in the chat room. Then you were correct. It is B. Three VEs must certify the examinee and, uh, you know, is qualified. What must the VE team do with the application form if the examinee does not pass the exam? A, return the application document to the examinee. B, maintain the application form with the VEC's record. C, send the application form to the FCC and inform the FCC of the grade. Or D, destroy the application form. Um, some of those seem a bit harsh, but, uh, you know, destroy the application form. Uh, <laughs> You don't have to do that. Send the application form to the FCC and inform the FCC of the grade. You know, you don't. If the guy didn't pass it, you don't need to run him down to the FCC. You know, uh, that's that's not it. Maintain the application form with the VEC's records. No, um, you don't have to save the application forms if, if someone didn't pass. There's no reason to do that. You just, uh, A, return the application document to the examinee. Just give it back to them, their application, say, sorry, you know, you, uh, you missed too many. Um, but come back and try again. You don't have to put it in a trash can and burn it? Nope. Don't have to do That's that. That's good. Nope. Not that seems kind of drastic. Well, Yeah. Maybe so. Let's see if I was right. It is a return the application document to the examinee. Yep. Okay. With that, I think um, I'm not sure what is next, but I th that is all the questions that we have tonight because... Oh, man, we were just getting started. We didn't have any buzzer action. Yep. We didn't even get all the tests graded yet. And that's a good thing, I guess, since there's only two of us, and it does take three VEs to to certify that someone got their you know enough questions right. That's true. We're going to take one more break, and then we're going to come back because uh, Dean Martin here has a little explaining he wants to do. Are you new to the ham world? or an existing amateur operator who wants to take your license to the next level, study for your radio license exam at hamstudy.org. Hamstudy.org is a free online learning tool powered by ICOM. It was created by Richard Bateman, KD7BBC, 
Michael Stuffelbeam, KV9G, and Rich Porter, KK6GKE, and it uses a modern web design to enhance the experience of studying for your technician, general, and amateur extra exams. Since 2013, hamstudy.org has helped new and existing hams to familiarize themselves with the question pools, use stats-based flashcards to focus on material they need to learn, and take practice exams to gauge progress. Visit hamstudy.org on your desktop computer or mobile device. Register for a free account at hamstudy.org to access personalized study history and other site features. Prepare for an exam in an intuitive and comprehensive manner. Check out hamstudy.org, powered by ICOM, for free learning tools. Good luck on your next exam. There might be some folks out there in the viewing audience that would like a nice Hawkins Middle School shirt. I can't read the whole thing there. AV Club, is that what it says? Uh, yep. AV Club. Show us your radios. <laughs> yep. Or a, a Go Engineering shirt, you know. These aren't available just everywhere, and we were fortunate enough that we didn't have to hunt these down. They were given to us. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Mike, uh, VE3MIC, for the Hawkins shirt, and thanks to LSU for the Go Engineering shirt, which I yeah. know Tommy cool. still has mixed feelings <clears throat> about, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'm proud to wear the the purple and gold. Um, but you know, if you didn't have one of these, and you're probably not going to a ham fest right now, but you might be doing some online meetings or something with some of your ham buddies, and you needed to look good, you know, for such an event. Um, oh, I know how you can do that. Yeah. Man, you could sit there in your underwear as long as it's below the table, but you probably want to have a shirt on and and a good-looking one at that. It's recommended. It is. Re- it's recommended always to have a shirt on on your online meetings. It's uh, that old school game of shirts versus skins that just doesn't really work in the online world. No. Um, well, but if you if you wanted a shirt, you could go to amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com. And get a shirt. We've got hat, their hats there. Their coffee mugs, uh, insulated mugs for cold water backpacks. A lot of different things on there. So, uh, so while you're getting yourself a shirt, go ahead and get yourself a little bit of other swag at the, while you're there. Uh, we've got uh, Ham College t-shirts and sweatshirts, as well as Amateur Logic stuff there. So go to amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com and, and get yours. And I noticed Dennis said that uh, he has his nearly worn-out AmateurLogic.tv sweatshirt still. Wow. Of course, down here, uh, our Ham College sweatshirts are almost like new because there's only a few days a year we could, you know. Yeah, we sweat down here without the sweatshirts, so... Yeah. But uh, I, I like the shirt. It just doesn't get cold enough to wear it very often. Yeah. Well, it does in the winter, but 
When you're in here shooting under well, the lights. Well, not while you're shooting. Yeah, it gets. It's cold. usually pretty toasty in that in that building out there. Yep. You've got some splaining to do tonight. Uh, so I'm just. Does gonna, that mean I have to be on my best behavior to do it? Um, not necessarily. If if okay. I notice someone in the chat room um, <laughs> is getting upset, I will let you know. But I think I think they'll pretty much go along with whatever you want to do. I got a little information here for you about how to become a VE if you're interested. Let's start off with a little bit of history first, and then we'll go into that. Before 1984, all amateur radio licenses and examinations in the United States were administered by the FCC. Amateur radio exams were available in one of 23 FCC district offices scattered around the country. Although in some circumstances, examinations for the first three level of license, novice technician general, were available by mail. This was primarily when the applicant lived at least 125 miles away from one of these district offices. The volunteer examiner program came into being as a result of several factors. The primary reason was budget cutbacks. The FCC had laws changed to allow them to accept the services of private individuals and organizations. This change would allow the private parties to prepare and administer testing for new and upgraded amateur radio licenses. Approximately one month after this legislation became law, the AWRL filed a petition requesting that only nonprofit educational organizations be allowed to participate in the program. The NCVEC was formed as a nonprofit organization. A few of their duties is to coordinate the actions of various independent VECs and to formalize the management of the question pools. They also act as an intermediary between VECs and the FCC. This page is from the FCC, the volunteer examiner information. As you can see, there are 13 official regions that have VECs that manage the testing in those areas. The 14th is unofficial outside of the U.S. Then we have 14 VECs groups that have VEs under them. So to become a VE, you're going to need to find one of these VECs that are in your area. And if you're looking to be a VE, you've probably already got your license, or you definitely already have your license, and you'll know which ones to look at. Who, who gave you your test? Which organization was it through? And you can look at the information for them. So there's website and contact information here. The AWRL is the VEC that I'm most familiar with. George and myself are both VEs under them. To become a VE for the AWRL, you need to do the following things. Review the volunteer examiner manual, paying special attention to Chapter 2, which I have over on the right. Complete and sign the VE application form and do open book review. Fax, email, or mail your forms to the addresses below. Chapter 2 has the information about becoming a VE. These are actually rules by the FCC. To qualify, you must be 18 years of age or older, never had your amateur station or operator license suspended or revoked, and you must hold a valid general, advanced, or extra class license. So that, in addition to the things on the left, will get you an AWRL VE certificate. To get more information, you can go to the FCC site below and it'll give you the list of those VECs so you can find the one in your area and contact them about their requirements. There were quite a few of them, and one thing that I didn't mention yet was 
Like uh, a lot of them, if you get the ARRL accreditation for being a VE, a lot of the other ones just honor that as well, and they'll just automatically send you the certificate. So that's what happened with us for, I think, the Laurel one, I believe, is how that mm-hmm. one worked. So we had the ARRL and Laurel as well. Yeah. We didn't re- renew the Laurel. It, you know, you only get so many years on your VE accreditation, and then you have to renew it and and we didn't since yeah. we weren't uh, doing they, any examinations. I don't. I don't there. know of anybody down here that that does the testing through them to be able to to use it here. So, yeah. But uh, that's the one that used they used at the Dayton Amateur Radio Club or uh, mm-hmm. the Hamvention when we volunteered there that year for, to work the testing. You know, there's always a need to to have more volunteer examiners in your local area because. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody doesn't show up for every examination. And what they do here is they'll send out an email to everybody who's a VE in the area. And, you know, they'll look for at least three people to say, hey, I can make, you know, the exam this Sunday. And, you know, sometimes it'll be more than three, you know, maybe four or five people show. But you got to have at least three. So, mm-hmm. uh Consider, you know, becoming a VE yourself is real simple. I mean, obviously, we're both VEs, so <laughs> you can do it too. It, it the ARRL one is like I said, it's you. There's an application that's got some questions in there, but you can open the book, basically download the book, read it, and find the answers, fill them in. So as long as you know, it's basically stuff like we had tonight in the questions that we were reviewing that are on it. A lot of things like that. Yeah, but it's not hard, and uh, it's really fun to go and and kind of help make new hams. Um, it's a rewarding thing to do, and it helps propagate the hobby. So I would encourage you to to try it. Yeah, well, I'll be honest and say I don't attend every exam session here in the area, but I try to make a few. Yeah, but, and, and nobody can, and that that's why, yeah. like you mentioned, it's good to have several in the area so if one can't make it somebody else can and that way you can have a regular testing cycle going on mm-hmm. why don't we jump into the chat for a few minutes and see what's going on in there okay there's a lot we gotta see on. what's going on i'm have to put these on yeah mike uh ve3mic my code test was Taken at the Department of Communications, they set me at a small desk that was in between two rows of equipment racks. Did it really take two rows of equipment to do a CW exam back in the 40s, Mike? Emil asked if we were going to do any online testing, but I don't know that they're doing that here. But um, it seems like they're still doing them at the uh, at the building down there no, in person. They're not, well... Sort of. I mean, no, the the facilities that uh, two organizations here, the, um, the the Jackson Amateur Radio Club and then the Central Mississippi uh, Club, they are still doing exams, but they can't do them from the regular locations like the Red Cross or the EOC because those uh, facilities don't want to have the crowds in there. So I think mm-hmm. the uh, Central <clears throat> Mississippi Club is uh, has found a church that would allow them to do it there, and they've done it there, socially distancing. And the Jackson Club was looking for somewhere for this weekend 
to do exams, and I don't know if they came up with the location or not. I haven't heard anything else. But um, So, yeah, they're not doing remote testing here. They are doing it uh, in person, but socially distancing. And you know, as as they can find areas to do it. And I think a lot of places are, are doing them locally again, but, um, you know, trying to use uh, good practice there to keep everyone safe. And there's still, yeah, a lot of uh, remote exams going on. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like, if they did that, I would like to do work one of those one time just for the experience. Yeah. I see Emil, Emil again, he said he took his technician in Gulfport, Mississippi, and his general was in Slidell with Don Wilbanks as a VE. I'm, you know, it's a wonder either one of them survived that. <laughs> but but they did. Okay, and Bill uh, WZ1L said he has completed 146 sessions. Oh, that's wow. awesome, Bill. That that's is. That's more than anybody that I've heard of. Yeah, that's awesome. Appreciate your de- your dedication for doing that. Yeah, uh, uh, <clears throat> is asking. Has anyone looked if there's increasing numbers of testing? Uh, you know, during the the COVID nineteen situation here. You know, I want to huh. say somewhere I saw that there was, but I I can't verify that. I don't remember where I heard that now. So I'll say it's a rumor. Since I don't remember where. Did Jerry just drop in here? I wasn't paying attention. Bill said hello. So, Oh, yeah, there she is. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Jerry. She's, she's tardy to class, but I guess we'll let her get by with that. Well, I think she's already passed her exams, so. Yeah, she's good. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, we've just been trying to encourage people to become volunteer examiners uh, because we can always use more of those. Oh, she was sleeping in class. <laughs> you, you're probably not the only one. <laughs> it's a good chance. <laughs> I almost did. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, it's been a f- pretty fun show tonight. I've, yeah, it's been good. I'm going to have to go back. There was so much chatter in the chat room tonight. Oh, uh, yeah. That we missed a lot of it. But, you know, I don't know that... Well, we didn't miss any uh, questions tonight. And the chat room... Hey... You know, Pal had a perfect score, too. So, becoming a VE is not that difficult. I guess that's going to do it for tonight. We appreciate everyone hanging with us and uh, attending class tonight. And hopefully now, you will want to be instructors as well. Not instructors, but proctors Volunteer examiners. Volunteer examiners, yep. Yeah, so look look into it. Go to the that site and read up, find who's in your area, and look into it. If you have a little bit of free time and you'd like to try it, it's, it's a lot of fun. 
And where could you find that site, Tommy? I mean, I couldn't really remember that address right there. Well, after the show gets published, I'll have it in the show notes at amateurlogic.tv forward slash wiki. Well, it's really convenient that that slide came up right about then, too. Boy, it is, because I was just thinking, you know, there's a lot of time, well, a lot of time. There's a month between episodes here and, you know, a month between Amateur Logic episodes, so actually two weeks before every episode. And in between there, you know, we we might want to uh, have some communications and some contact with the community out there, and uh, it's mighty convenient this slide was here, too. Yeah, well, well, we've got a pretty good uh, Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Ham College. We're also on the on Twitter at Ham College and at Amateur Logic. And then uh, the last one is uh, groups.io slash G slash Amateur Logic. Mm-hmm. So if you want to find out when we're going to go live, uh, subscribe to one of those places and you'll get notified as well as whatever we post in there. I've been trying to be a little bit more active on Twitter. The Facebook stuff is fun, although I don't care that much for the general Facebook. I do enjoy our Amateur Logic and Ham College groups in there. So that pretty much goes on there for that. But I get on Twitter a little bit more. um, Yeah, Yeah, I've noticed you you didn't like the... The Facebook so much, not the group. I mean, the group is fine, but you know, some. No, the group's awesome. Just yeah. the general Facebook yeah. stuff. I don't care about seeing people's pictures of their food and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't have as too bad a Facebook experiences. You know, I don't have a lot of friends on purpose. I just didn't <laughs> add a lot of people. I mean, uh, people I went to school with, people I know, but I've I declined a lot of people, and you know, I'm sorry if if I. Haven't answered your invitation, but I just, you know, pretty much kept it down to uh, family and uh, and people I grew up with. But anything I post is going to be on Ham College or Amateur Logic, so you're not missing anything. I never do any uh, posts to what do they call it, your wall? I don't even know how to find my wall because I've, I've never used it. <laughs> so Anyway... Uh, enough about that. It's been a fun show, and we hope you'll enjoy it. Uh, that's not what I was going to say. We hope you will join us at the end of the next month for the next time college. I don't know what we're studying then, but uh, it won't be VEs because we covered all of that tonight. I guess we'll find out together. Yep. And join us in the middle of, boy, it's August already. For the next Amateur Logic. Yeah, it'll be August tomorrow. Yep. Um, I've got to get busy then and come up with a topic. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. I've got plenty of things I can do, but I hadn't done enough. I've actually, I've actually got two ahead. Yeah, I know. You know, you're, you're kind of like, um, I don't know, you've, you've become like a role model that the rest of us, the host, should be following there. I may have, I may have another one after tomorrow too. I've well, got, uh, well, I know else. I won't because I'll be editing this. So, <laughs> but anyway, uh, thanks for being here, and we will see you at the end of next month. Until then, any uh, final thoughts tonight, Dean? 
No, just uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks for Amateur Logic. And uh, stay safe out there. 7-3. Oh, yeah. 7-3. And Tomei is asking uh, next ALTV coming tomorrow. <clears throat> no, it, it won't be until the middle of August. And I don't know the date. We hadn't looked at that. But right around the 15th. And, yeah, I'll stay, uh, say stay safe as well. And, um, boy, I, I don't know about where you are, but here, stay out of the heat. Boy, it has been dreadfully hot here for the past few weeks. No doubt. Yeah. All right. 7-3, everyone. 7-3. And uh, Emil came, made it to class tardy without a slip. He's been in the boys' room smoking cheap cigarettes, he said. <laughs> well, moving right along here. We're going to try that again? Uh, I don't know if I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's just give up on that for tonight. <laughs> All right. Or D. I'm <laughs> ABD. Good thing we're not having a, a arithmetic. Uh, that's not even right either. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>